0: Good morning brothers and sisters. It is wonderful to have you join us this morning. As you can see I don't have the pulpit in front of me. That is because we have a very special treat for you this morning on location over in Victoria and who will share the word with us this morning. So as a means to introduce him to the Grace Christian Church family, I've got a few questions that I would like to ask of him in order for you to get to know him a little bit better, so big brother, um, trust you're keeping well. Could you just share with everybody your full name and what you currently do in ministry?
1: My name is Fritz Helg. Um, I I am a cabinet maker, tradie, builder. I do that uh, full time during the week, and I also pastor the Burnside Congregation, the Potter's House Church, in Melbourne, Victoria um thank you very much for that and
0: also um, how and when did you become a christian
1: Oof. i think it was when um when uh, you when you became a christian i remember you came home and and uh you said oh i'm a born again christian and uh we all got upset at you because we were saying we're all christians and um you were saying ah but it's different i'm actually born again and you say yeah whatever and so um and since then when you when you uh, said that i ended up uh, you know you start thinking about it and i think it was just probably about maybe a, a year later or probably less than that that uh, we ended up going to uh, your church and it was in a little school hall uh, in henderson uh, in auckland and um, I was in 2 actually, sorry. And um, we ended up going there. And I remember getting those little chick tracks. And uh, I took some of those chick tracks. And I like reading those little comics there. And um, ended up reading it. And uh, what happened was, I think you guys had one of those videos. I think it was called A Thief in the Night. And we ended up watching The Big Three, as, as they say. The Big Three, The Thief in the Night. And uh, I was on The Rapture. And that really freaked me out. And so I ended up um, uh, praying after that movie because I'm thinking Jesus is going to come back and I don't want to be left behind. So I ended up praying a, uh, a prayer uh, that, that night and uh, I, uh, um, I think I ended up coming to the church there and then I got baptised and uh, that was in 1991. I got baptised by uh, Brother Steve Courtney and uh, f- never felt an experience like that before. But I knew something was different. I knew something changed. I knew I felt, you know, a sensation in me that made me feel what just happened. Is it- I've never felt this before. Um, and little did I realize that, you know, praying that prayer, I became a born-again Christian, and then I got baptized in water. And so, um, yeah, and that's how I got saved. Oh, I guess you could say, did I get saved? That's another story, because at the end of the day, from 1991 uh, all the way to 2000 I ended up uh, just really not giving myself fully to I guess to that decision I made back in 1991 so yeah that's when I first really experienced I guess you could say salvation Um, and so I, I always like to think back on that now thinking to myself was I really saved I don't know because did I really backslide because if i really meant it i really wouldn't have gone through it but i'm glad i experienced it and sort of gave me a little bit of uh, insight of what the whole purpose of what christ has done and i think that seed was sown because of, of, uh, of uh, joe um, my brother um, even though he ticked me off back then it, it meant something because i, I believe uh, prayers were answered uh, then and today and so that's why i'm still here
0: Cool. Cool So then, as a Christian, uh, what are you passionate
1: about? As a Christian, what am I passionate about? I passionate about I'm passionate about right now, uh, seeing souls get saved. I really have a passion to minister and preach the gospel. You know, I've, I, I, to me, I believe I've wasted a lot of years um, seeing people step into eternity. Uh, and because of the industry that i was in Uh, as you know uh, as you know joe that i i uh, was in the entertainment industry for a number of years and uh, even even when i was um, uh, seeing people pass from this world i'm thinking i could have done something Um, so now that i'm pastoring uh, the church here in burnside i have a passion uh, for souls, I think it was j. h Jowett, I think it was a passion for souls um, and so um that 's what I, I have a passion for is to see people make heaven in their home and that 's that 's part of our job now as a pastor as a pastor is to make sure people make heaven in their home regardless and that 's why i I have a passion for that nice,
0: nice, and I guess then in your journey as a believer and as a pastor and being a follower of Jesus Christ for a number of years, what is something that God has been teaching you specifically as of late?
1: One of the lessons that God has been teaching me throughout the time I have been saved, which is in 2000, when I really got saved and gave my life to Jesus Christ and I'm serving him as of right now, um, is not to be a reactionary i learned that many years ago i was taught that don't react too quickly to people who might you know uh, offend you don't react to people who might say things and so i i learned a valuable lesson not to open my mouth beef you know too quickly and so i've learned a valuable lesson i've learned to humble myself well should i say christ in me has learnt, has taught me <coughs> excuse me has taught me to uh, be humble, be able to uh, take discipline, uh, be, you know, come under leadership, come under authority. And I think that's it's a great lesson, uh, lesson as well because it's brought a lot of humility into my life. And so probably one of the, those are probably one of the great lessons I've learned is to be humble no matter what. And I think uh, mum and dad have always been like that as well and they taught us very well, even when I was in the entertainment industry, thinking I'm, I'm up here, but really i'm not you know Mum and dad used to say yes we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back down you know and so and they did and i think um you know uh, being now uh, uh, as a pastor and a christian i think that calling to not react but the humility that comes along with it and i think that's a big valuable lesson to learn in life
0: nice nice well bro last question um and all honesty man so what's it like what's it like honestly having me as a
1: little brother having 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 joe as a little brother well he's not he's not little anymore <laughs> it's actually he's just a little bit taller than taller than me but he'll never be as tall as me um having joe as a little brother well he's he's been great i've learned a lot from my younger brother because you always learn from your young you know from the youngest you always learn from your younger siblings and um you know i think there was the time where joe ended up being in samoa for a number of years because he was sick and uh he needed the he needed the heat uh you know the the, the weather conditions were a little yeah. bit more humid for him to actually get through and i remember i always remember that but he was uh, also one of those guys because we always used to call him uh you know a don't be <laughs> don't be a, a suki. you're always crying too much come on keep quiet uh so um but having him as a younger brother he's uh, very articulate now especially the way he speaks i love the way he ministers and i love the way he talks i love the way he presents himself yeah you know, we we learnt a lot from our from our dad because dad was like an mc and you now we, we learned that and so I thought there was some, uh, he, Joe's, Joe's really learnt a lot, and uh, seeing him mature, especially now, I remember him going to Bible college uh, at Rudy Hills, and I spent, I think it was a couple of weeks there, spent a couple of weeks there with him, and I learned more than that two weeks than I did my whole lifetime. And, uh, yeah, no, having Joe as a younger brother is uh, is awesome. Well, what would you do, you know? And so, uh, I love you heaps, and so... Uh, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You know, God's, God's pleased with what you're doing. And he's pleased, pleased with the church as well that you're building on his behalf. So, God bless you, my little brother. Yeah. Thanks for that, bro. I
0: appreciate that. I appreciate that. So, once again, big brother, I would like to say thank you to you and to Claudia uh, for taking the time out to be able to minister to us here in the Hills District in Sydney. And I'd like to thank uh, Potter's House, Burnside. As well for allowing you the opportunity to minister us as well. So, if you just allow me to pray for you, and then we're excited and expectant to see what the Lord Jesus has to share with us this morning. Through, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the privilege and for the honour of being called your child. Thank you so much for my brother and your servant, Pastor Fritz. And I ask that you will anoint him with your spirit as he brings us the word this morning. May you use him powerfully as your mouthpiece to be able to promote and to lift up you in not only the eyes of your people, but for the glory of all to see. So, Father, we commit him to your hands now. May you be, use your servant now for the proclamation of your name. In your name we pray. Amen. Brother, look forward to what God has to share with us today. Over to you.
1: righty, thank you Pastor Joe for that introduction and uh, I want to welcome the Grace Christian Church this morning to our service and I really appreciate uh, the invitation to come and minister this morning uh, in your wonderful congregation and all those who are tuning in this morning. Uh, we're going to get straight into the Word of God this morning. I want to preach from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I'm going to read from there in just a moment, but I, I wanted to open up by way of introduction. Um, a man by the name of Dawson Trotman, he was born in 1906. Uh, Dawson Trotman, he grew up to be a young rebellious uh, man, even though he was uh, raised in a Presbyterian home. But he never, he never practiced his faith until an early age. In his mid-twenties, he was invited to a youth outreach Now, his mind going to this youth outreach, his mind was on all the pretty girls. And uh, but one of the challenges of this youth outreach was to memorize scripture. So what Dawson Trotman did to impress the girls, he did just that. He memorized scriptures and actually the girls were pretty impressed. Now, while learning each week a new scripture, The next week's scripture comes along and Dawson Trotman realizes and comes to the logic of the gospel because he was on his way to work at a timber yard and he recalled the scripture, John chapter 5 verse 24. And the King James Version where Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So here's Dawson Trotman asking himself the honest question, Do I have everlasting life? And he prayed to Jesus to give him this life on the sidewalk. Now, later on in his ministry, Dawson Trotman, he was the founder of the Navigators. And this was in 1933. He worked with evangelists from uh, of his day, such as Reverend Billy Graham. Uh, Dawson Trotman also was known for connecting with people. He was good at follow-up. And leading many people to Christ and what I have here is a little bit of an article from Time magazine this was in 1956 uh, July 2nd and the the, uh, the title was called the Navigator this is what it says here it says Dawson Trotman clambered back into a motorboat. One day last week, after two hours of water skiing on Scroon Lake, New York, he was dog-tired. That's how they talked in those days. But before he settled down, he asked one of the two girls in the boat, a young girl by the name of Arlene Beck, if she could swim. When she shook her head, he traded places with her so she would be in a safer spot. Minutes later, the speeding boat bounced on a wave, and both of them The 50-year-old man and the girl shot into the water, swam to her and held her head above water until the boat could circle back, and she was hauled aboard. But as the hands reached down to seize Trotman's hand, he sank out of sight. Dawson Trotman died by drowning as he saved the life of another in the throes of death. Now the caption on this article in Time magazine uh, appropriate, appropriately summed up his life, because this is what it said. It said, always holding someone up. And I thought about that statement as I was reading it, and I was led to ask myself, or maybe even ask you, as a body of believers, are you always holding someone up? And that's what I want to look at this morning, First Corinthians chapter If you've got your Bibles with you, uh, we want to go to that. Verses 12 to 14 is what I'm going to read. The Bible says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit." Verse 14, for in fact, the body is not one member, but many. I want to preach this morning on a sermon I've entitled, The Importance of Being Connected. I want to shift it a little bit here because I want to look at the function of the body for a moment. Because when we think about the human body, I'd have to say that not many people take uh, the time to actually look at how the body functions as a living being because you are a breathing organism made up of flesh and blood, bone and marrow, cells and tissue, veins and organs and so on. See, our bodies are made up of a number of biological systems that carry out the functions that are necessary for you and I to live There is a circulatory system within the human body. Now, the job of the circulatory system is to move blood, nutrients, oxygens, carbon dioxide, and uh, hormones around the body. And it consists of the heart, blood, blood vessels, arteries, and veins. Now, what's beyond my thinking, and probably yours, is our bodily system has been layered with the capacity to think, to see, to smell, to hear, to move, to breathe, and to speak, to even produce emotions. See, how, how we can verbally create an emotion like anger, and our words and actions display that characteristic. See, not everyone takes the time to look into how we function as God's creation. Because we don't have the time, or which I think is normal. But I can say this, we are watchful about what will affect our bodies. We are careful uh, to not allow symptoms that may try to come in and infect the body. For example, when we are warned about about cold weather or hot weather, we actually dress for those occasions. When someone is sick, we protect ourselves from infection. We are careful to avoid harm that may come against the body, even avoiding injury or danger that can physically harm us, but there is also avoiding emotional damage as well. See, we see and we hear the warning signs, and we get the message, and we prepare. In our text, verse 13, it says, "...for by one Spirit..." We are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Let's think about this for a moment, because we all come from different Backgrounds. We all come from different cultures, um, different traditions, uh, nationalities. Uh, you can be from Israel or Greece, uh, from New Zealand or here from Australia. You can be from the islands of the Pacific, uh, even Indonesia, China, Romania, Philippines, uh, uh, Iran. You know, we all walk in. Diff- we all uh, walked in to church at different different levels of life. Some of us came into church broken. Some maybe. Uh, had addictive habits, some came in maybe homeless, fatherless or motherless, maybe some of you came in successful, or you were once atheist or religious, but you came in searching for a truth. See, it doesn't matter how you walked in, it's how you walk out that counts, because you are either connected to Christ, or you're disconnected from Christ. See, as a church this morning, we are one body. And we are to function as one body. Verse 14 says, For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. See, connecting with the Word of God emanates through the functioning of the body. It's like uh, live streaming, for example. You know, to do what you do, live streaming, it takes communication to be able to watch online and to connect with each other. We need people. So, which brings me to my second point, is the need of members. Going back to my opening illustration about Dawson Trotman, a question was asked, um, and this was the question, they said, how did he go from being a new convert to being known as the founder of the Navigators with an emphasis on script, scripture memory and personal discipleship? Now it said that uh, Dawson Trotman had to connect with people that were on fire for the word of God. He had to flex, in other words, his spiritual muscles in the area of evangelism and discipleship making, coming into contact with professors and students who could encourage his giftedness. So he moved away from the classroom environment and he went with what the Bible said to do in Matthew 18, verses 8 to 20, is to go into all the world, make disciples. In our scripture, verse 12, listen to what It says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. See, when we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul, he is comparing, or he's giving us a parallel of the church to the human body. As a body of believers, we are Many members, for in fact, verse 14 says, The body is not one member, but many. So, the need for members is that we all play an important part in the circulatory system of the church, of the body. Paul was writing that if the foot said, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body, well, how can that be? Because it's connected. If the body were just an eye, where would the hearing be? And it goes on, so you can imagine if if we were created in the image for example, if we were created in the image of an eye. <laughs> how would we function? You're just an eye. You're sitting looking straight ahead at other eyes. You can't blink. You can't cry. You can't sleep. You can't look around. You can't do anything. And eye does because it's not connected to the rest of the body. You're just a body part of a head, ready to be eaten by birds. An eyeball. See Dawson Trotman. He didn't want to be just an eyeball. Pastor Joe, he didn't want to be just an eyeball. See. Imagine just an eyeball, no vision, no function at all. It's just sitting there. Now, what I'm saying is, Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us, when Jesus says that unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God, you know, a person that is not saved is disconnected from the body, is disconnected from the vision to be all that God wants them to be. And until they have received Christ as their Lord and Savior, then they begin to connect with what Christ is. They begin to connect with the head of the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you uh, read with me, verses number 23. I'm reading from the Holman's Christian Standard Bible. Listen to this translation. Verse 23 says, And those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable So that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. See, the human body, let's talk about the physical side here for a moment Because you know, when a body part has an injury, when you've injured yourself, or you have a skin infection, or the heart and the mind of a member is going through something, you know, of the body, it's in our nature many times to present ourselves as if nothing's wrong, but the body's suffering. Now, we may cover up or hide unpresentable injuries or infection or even emotion. But until we receive medication or guidance or healing through that ordeal, then the body begins to rejoice. Well, can I say that the function of the church body has the same effect? See, when a person comes in to church and is introduced to the Lord, you know, they give themselves to Christ. They actually come in because they have been spiritually injured, they are hurting, they were infected by sin, they, they need healing, and sometimes, sometimes, can I say, a text message doesn't cut it. Even our words may not be enough. So when James says, in James chapter 2, verse 14, what does it profit? My brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But some of, well, someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my uh, my faith by my works. See, it's 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 easy for you and I, to uh, who have been uh, Christians for a number of years. We've been saved for a number of years. It's easy for you and I to say to somebody new, "Listen, brother. Listen, sister. You just got to have faith. Just have faith in God. Just put your faith in God." See, to them it doesn't mean anything. Their are only words that is actually not connecting with them. It's not computing or processing in their minds when you and I say, have faith. They do not understand how putting faith in God works. You and I have to show them. You have to connect with them. You have to let them see that your faith in God is resonating through your actions by simply Visiting them by simply catching up or or taking them out for a coffee or just uh, hanging out and being a friend, building a relationship with them. I remember when my brother uh, Joe um, uh, committed himself to the Lord and... um, he starts sharing about his salvation, as I mentioned in the, that short interview. He starts mentioning about salvation and, and being born again, and and uh, that it was like he it's like he has been saved for for years. But can I tell you, he was just excited. You know why? Because he had faith. He actually put his faith into action. I mean, who'd have thought that uh, Joe and, and, and Griselda would still be serving God? today. That's faith. That is faith put into action. And that's what connects people to Christ. seeing their faith increased. It's like the disciples when the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Listen, you can't teach a person faith. You got to show them faith. You got to show them how it works. In our main scripture in First Corinthians, if you look down at verse 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? That's with a question mark there. Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. So each member here has a specific function. It's like the church. You have a song leader. You have uh, sound technicians. You may have nursery workers. You may have musicians, Sunday school teachers, cleaners, kitchen hands. You may have prayer warriors. Uh, pillars in the church, members, attendees. But listen, not all are called to to be or do the same thing. Paul says, I show you a more excellent way. As members individually, we function as a body for the purposes of growing together in Christ. Billy Graham, Reverend Billy Graham, he had ask Dawson Trotman a number of times to join his staff and head up the follow-up team. Why? It's because he had a gift. He had a gift in reaching people, and he had a gift in locking them into the church. Dawson Trotman coined this phrase that would define his ministry and his organizations. Uh, This is what he said. He said, emotion is no substitute for action. But action is no substitute for production. In other words, we can be educated in so many areas that if it's not handled correctly, it could lure us toward more emotion uh, about the Great Commission instead of leading toward more productivity in discipleship. So let's look thirdly. At one body, one spirit, one Christ. Now my point in all of this this morning is that you and I need to be watchful. We need to be on our guard 24-7 because we have an enemy that wants to disconnect you from the body. An enemy who wants to injure or steal away your very salvation. It is, you know, it is a, a, a virus. It is a sickness that will try to infect the members individually in the body of Christ. And I was just thinking about that uh, uh, just then. If you think about what's happening with our pandemic at the moment. I know we're hearing about it every service, every sermon. It's, it's everywhere. But this virus is infecting. The body, I'm talking about the church body, it's infecting the body of Christ. Members are beginning to disperse, why? Because it's infecting them. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5 But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. You know, the job of the circulatory system in the physical body is to put into action the functions of the body. It's like uh, the body has a spiritual watchtower, they're always aware. You know, it's like someone's on this watchtower protecting them. It's like an armed guard, a military soldier protecting a city from an enemy. They will keep watch even when there is no threat. We need to apply that to the church. The body, for example, our human body has five vital organs that are essential for survival. Now, I'm, I'm sure that if you're experienced in the medical profession, then you can confirm this, but the importance of being connected, this is what we're talking about this morning, these five vital organs that are able to 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 function in our body physical body the first one is the human brain the human brain is the control center the human brain sends and receives signals to other organs then there's the human heart the human heart is responsible for pumping blood throughout the human body then we have the lungs. The lungs are responsible for removing the air we breathe and transferring it to our blood where it can be sent to ourselves. Then we have the kidneys. The kidneys. A job of a kidney is to remove any waste or extra fluid from the body. We've got liver. This is the fifth one. A liver has many functions. It's like a filter that detoxifies and breaks down harmful chemicals. Now, In order for the human body to survive, as described in our main scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we have to maintain a healthy lifestyle. So if we were to add that to our spiritual walk with God, these five vital organs, let's call them the five spiritual vital organs for our salvation. The, The control center... Would be uh, of the body of Christ, uh, would be God Himself. The heart that pumps blood is Christ Himself. The lungs, which bring comfort to breathe, is like the Holy Spirit. The kidneys and liver is like a pastor and disciples to remove any waste or harmful chemicals to protect the body, feeding healthy foods, preaching good sermons to feed the flock. Five key members, but working together as one body. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 29 says, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. See, we all have a function within the body this morning. And many times we have to find out what that function is and how to use it for the glory of God. It's like the human body. Every part, every cell, every organ and so on plays an important part. And God has given us the responsibility to watch over it, to protect it, to nurture, to grow, to increase, to be successful, to be a blessing, but also to have the victory. Philippians chapter 1. Verse 27, only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let me close with um, my story this morning about Dawson Trotman what changed this man's strategy in follow-up and connecting with people uh, was because in 1927, Dawson Trotman picked up a hitchhiker. This hitchhiker jumped into his car and uh, he, was, he had some pretty colorful language. He was rambling on and uh, Dawson Trotman ended up witnessing to this young man, telling him about Christ uh, and the young man gets saved. He's then dropped off at his location, wherever he was going, but he never saw this young man again. One year later, Dawson Trotman's driving again. He sees a hitchhiker, picks him up, and again, here's this guy, colourful language, rambling on, begins to witness to him about Jesus Christ. Then Dawson Trotman realises it's the same man from the year before. And so what happened was Dawson Trotman made it his mission ever since, To connect with people and follow them through and make them part of the church, of the body of Christ. That's what made his ministry successful. 64 years later, that's just a month ago, 64 years on. This is what the article finished off on about Dawson Trotman when it comes to connecting with people. It concludes with this. He lived... To save others. I want to ask you a question before I I finish this morning. Are you connected to Christ? Are you connected to the body? Are you always holding someone up? Can you increase the faith of a new believer by showing your faith in God and letting them connect to the source of your faith which is Jesus Christ. Because that's what it comes down down to. This is the importance of being connected. I was thinking as I close uh, about uh, the church, the body. We know it's a body of believers. That's the church. We have different uh, uh, denominations. We have different... uh, you know, faiths and all these people that are in different churches where the, the gospel is being ministered to. And I look at that as as a whole that we are members of one body, and we should be connecting because we have to function together as the body of Christ. Amen. I want to thank you so much uh, for having me this morning. I really appreciate uh, uh, my little brother. joe haug for having me this morning and i want to thank you grace christian church for allowing me to preach for you this morning and i hope this helps and i really believe god has got some great things for your church you're doing a great job god bless you have a good night over you my brother god bless you thank you so much
0: very cool fritz thank you so much for what you shared with us this morning I pray that there will be more than just words and that we, as the people of God, will respond in kind in obedience and in faith and allow the Spirit of God to transform us. That so he takes that message and implants it and impresses us within our hearts, that it might have the effect to change and transform us outwardly for those around us as well. So... With that, brothers and sisters, that brings our service to a close. May God bless you. May God watch over you this coming week. And if I don't catch up with you throughout the week at all, I look forward to seeing you here. If you want to catch up and talk about what Pastor Fritz said in the sermon, even if you just want to catch up and ask me what's Pastor Fritz is like as an older brother, I'd love to sit down and talk with you on the online Zoom meeting. So God bless, take care, and continue to serve faithfully as you walk in the light of Jesus Christ. See you later.